the pain, the pain came to a forefront in my marriage. My marriage was folding around me. I was teaching marriage classes. <laughs> I was talking to people about marriage. I had no clue that underneath everything, my, my wife was just dying inside and my marriage was crumbling around me. And we, it came to a head where she said, hey, I think I want a divorce. And I was like, my wife had never said that to me. Never in all of her years of marriage. We'll be married 20 years in December. And for me, that was the, the antithesis of pain for me it was because I worked diligently to what I thought was build a marriage or build a foundation of marriage that was crumbling around me. And that's the, that was my why. That got, me, that got me churning inside and got me to get out there and do something with my life because I did not want to waste any more time. Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you. You can do the same. Let's get rolling. Today on The Kindling Fire, I have a friend of mine on who is trouble, <laughs> and I yes. love him. His name is Bruce Adorian, and what's up, Bruce? Hey, how you doing, Troy? Trouble. That's an interesting way to describe me. Oh, you're me. so trouble. Yes. So, uh, so Bruce, uh, Scott Musgrave is a mutual friend of ours. He's been on the podcast. Yeah, Scott, you and I would sit around here and stir each other up. I'm sure we're in a big church here. Uh, and get each other excited for just pushing into what, what's whatever God has for us. So the Kingdom Council. The Kingdom Council. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, we would get get too much caffeine and get together and stir each other up. And so he's a dear friend of mine. How long have we been friends? Right, ten years now. Eleven. Yeah, it's been ten. It's been years. a long time. You have seen the ugly in me. And, and you have said in me as well. Yes, and so, and we're still friends. Yeah. And before you met me, I didn't have gray hair. And now I do, so, <laughs> although you can't see that. So, uh, what I love about Bruce is um, you're a little bit like uh, Superman in the sense that you're like, um, you're like, like this dude who does your life, but underneath you've got some kind of superhero costume on, and, I'm, and only a few people have actually seen it. And and so I this this is the this is your outing. You're gonna like I'm outing. It's my coming you today. out party. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Good. I'm going from Clark Kent to Superman today. Yes. Yes, you are. That's a dream. There you go. So um, so let's just like get into it. Okay. All right. Uh, how old are you? I am 50. Okay. I'm 52, which means we're both awesome. Yes. 50. <laughs> Good job. Woo. And uh, you have done things I have never even dreamed about doing. But yet, when I heard you did them, I started dreaming about doing them. So let's let's get Why? it. <laughs> so uh, uh, where do I start? So um, you walked on hot coals. Yes. All oh. right. What? Tell me about that. 
that was kind of my first uh, stepping out into what I would consider adventurous. I was the first one, and I went to a Tony Robbins uh, event in New Jersey, brought my wife and daughter, and part of that event at the end, or the second day, was actually going out and facing your fears and walking across hot coals. And so I, uh, I jumped in um, and did it uh, with my wife, and it was an amazing experience. Didn't burn myself or anything. Oh, that's awesome. It was about 16 feet of hot coals. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you jumped out of a boat blindfolded in the Pacific Ocean and swam for your life, did you not? I did do that as well, too. Okay. What was that about? Yeah, so I uh, actually did a thing called Wake Up Warrior. Um, this is... Uh, a program designed for men uh, that need to actually find themselves. And so I was searching and we went through all these evolutions and one of them was actually being taken out in a boat blindfolded, uh, put in the middle of the ocean and thrown into the ocean and having to find our way back. Uh, and it was the most terrifying event that probably ever happened in my life. This paled comparison to the to the actual walking across coals. And so that part of me was being blinded, not knowing what was going on, and then having to swim uh, for my life. And it taught me something very valuable that day was that, you know, if I always ask that question, if I was ever thrown into the ocean, which I never knew this was going to actually happen to me, <laughs> would I be able to swim or would I sink? And the answer to that question was as I swam. Uh, and I swam for my life and it changed me and it changed who I am as a man today because I actually swam that day and I proved to myself that I was not a guy that was going to give up on life, give up on my family or give up on my children or my daughter. I was going to actually swim. So there's a lot of men that go through military. I did not go through a military background mm -hmm. and, and sometimes in the military background you deal with death, you know, death and, and what you would do in certain situations. And for most men, and I would say modern men, is you know they're they're coddled, they're soft, they they their challenges are really nothing, <laughs> and and they're you know worried about lattes and money and you know, just just frivolous things. Mm -hmm. And when really faced with difficulty, they just they don't they they're scared to death. Yes. Yes. And, and so uh, we're going to get into why you did this, but I want to I bring up one more thing that I know about you. Okay. Um, you broke your hand in a fight. Yes. What, uh, what happened? <laughs> Yet another evolution in Wake Up Warrior. Uh, it's called Fight for Your Life. And so I was put in a room with a bunch of men, uh, and during that time, um, you walk into this room, and there was probably 20 to 25 guys, and it was a street brawl. Very scary going into this. I remember sitting in the van before we actually walked into this, listening to the ACDC song, Thunderstruck, blaring <laughs> in your background to get you pumped up to go in here. And I had no clue what was gonna happen. When I walk in this room, you got punched in the face immediately when you walked in the room and you were thrown into this fight. And so during this fight, I actually, punched somebody and broke my hand in the process of, of fighting. And that's the first time I had been in a fight in probably 30 some years of my life. Um, yeah, so, so let's talk about that for a second. Why did you fight? What, what was, I mean, other than you have, you're, you're gonna be fight or, or be beaten to pummeled. Yeah. Yeah, but what was sort of the, the impetus behind it? Like what's, why do that? Yeah. 
You know, Troy, uh, interesting, uh, and we'll talk about why he said later, but interesting, when I was younger, I was uh, in 18, 17 years old, and I had this image of a big, strong guy. I worked out all the time, big, strong guy, and I would go and I would actually look for a fight um, back in the day. And I can remember the specific time I actually got into a fight with somebody or started a fight with somebody, and for the first time, the guy fought back instead of me uh, just intimidating him. And when the guy fought back, I did nothing. I just laid on the ground and I got beat up. I got beat up bad that night. And that day was the last time I ever fought back uh, for a long time for my life, for my family, for anything. And so this day when I was put back into a situation or scenario to fight, I fought. I was thrown back into a scenario where I actually had to fight for my life uh, because people were punching me and I was not going to be the guy that cowered again and cowered back and sat back and did nothing. I needed to step into the game and fight for my life. Yeah. And so I did that. So you've done this by choice with your financial investment, right? Yes. Yeah. Crazy. I know. And, no, it's not crazy. <laughs> it's not crazy. Yeah. Because you're looking for something. Yes. And that's what I want to get into. Why, why did you do it? Why did you, what was in there? What is, because, oh man, they have this sort of, like part of their soul that's deep inside of them that will, that knows that what you did is not crazy. Yeah. Now all the intellectuals and all that, the people that live in a different space, that kind of like, oh, well that seems foolish and, and boyish and, and why would you ever do that? And it's, but there's this part of men that said, hell yes. Like seriously, I would love to do that. I can't believe you did that. Yeah. And that's why I like being your friend because you did these things. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's crazy. You know, you know what you say when you say that is, you know, I say crazy because it's a filter, because I always don't want to be judged by other people. Yeah, sure. And I, I throw a filter out there saying it's crazy, but it was the most adventurous and life-changing thing I've ever done in my life, and so it changed me. And the why behind it is, I became a Christian years ago, a Christian man years ago, and I basically sat on a pew after I became a Christian man. I feel like. Jesus saved me. I was swimming around in the water. Jesus threw a, a life jacket to me. I put it on, but I never got into the boat. I just kind of took the life jacket, and I was just like, you know, thanks, Jesus, for the life jacket. And I just waded around the water just every single day, and Jesus would drive by me. Um, obviously, not literally, but he would drive by me, tell me to come on in, and I was just like, no, nah, I got this. I got this. I can handle this. So every day, I was just wading through water, um, wading through water, just sitting back, wading through water, and not actually doing anything. And so I felt like he was saying, pick up your cross and follow me. And I didn't. I just wanted to be the guy sitting on a pew. I wanted to be the guy, like the scripture said, like, I want to give you life and give it to you more abundantly, but not do anything. And so there was a stirring in me um, that actually several events happened in my life. Um, a business decline, uh, almost bankruptcy, a, ma a failing marriage, uh, my daughter, uh, disconnect with her like never before. All these things came to a head in my life. And you said it earlier, uh, you know, I was Clark Kent. Uh, I walked through a building, people would never know all the stuff that was going on inside. Turning inside of you. Yes. The yeah. stuff that was, that was breaking down inside of me that I would just put on a front so you would think I was good. Yeah. Wear nice clothes, wear the part. Yeah, talk, be like, nice. Good. Yep. Yeah, and you're dying. The Lord brought me to a verse, Matthew 7, 13, and it was talking about the narrow and the wide path. And there was a wide path that led destruction and a narrow path that led life. And it said, few people find it. 
and I, it always struck me because I always wondered what that meant. Like few people find it. Like you had to actually look for it. You had to go actually do something. You had to move to find this. It wasn't given to you. And two uh, verses or two uh, chapters before that, it talked about judging yourself or judging others and then ask, seek, and knock. And so I went on a quest for my life to figure out why I was here, what was the purpose of my life, and what I needed to do moving forward. And I found it through doing some adventurous things in my life and jumping out of my fears because I was grounded in fear and fear held me back. And all it did, that fear, it just kept me stuck in my place in my life, a stuck place where I couldn't do anything, where I was paralyzed. Pain, did pain bring you there? Yes. The pain, the pain came to a forefront in my marriage. My marriage was folding around me. I was teaching marriage classes. <laughs> I was talking to people about marriage. I had no clue that underneath everything, my, my wife was just dying inside and my marriage was crumbling around me and we, it came to a head where she said, hey, I think I want a divorce. And I was like, my wife had never said that to me, never in all of her years of marriage. We'll be married 20 years in December. And for me, that was the, the antithesis of pain for me it was because I worked diligently to what I thought was build a marriage or build a foundation of marriage that was crumbling around me. And that's the, that was my why. That got, me, that got me churning inside and got me to get out there and do something with my life because I did not want to waste any more time. Now, this is something I, I'm fascinating about is, um, weren't you doing all the right things? I mean, you read the scriptures, right? Yes. You were teaching the class. Yes. So, what's the problem? The problem was, is me. The problem was me and not being able to deal with day-to-day -day issues in my life, the stresses of life, the stresses of things that were going on. I would, all I would do was suppress my feelings. And so I would take things and I would just dig them down inside my heart and not deal with them and not deal with them. And even if I did deal with them, it would only be for a moment I wouldn't fix them. And so I got into a loop uh, in my life where it was just simply doing things um, just to maintain, 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 maintain. And so it, it, you can only do that for so long. You can only live that life for so long. The reason I'm here sitting here today is because I've failed. And I'm okay with that now. It's oh, failure is okay because it's a learn. Just as long as you don't fail and you fail and you stop doing things, and that's that's where I found myself. And I think a lot of do is you fail and then you stop. And that's where I think I earlier I talked about that narrow path. And, and when you read that, the asking yourself the question like it said, you have to find it. And and that was the questions you ask yourself. You can. I, I was in a pattern of blaming and judging myself instead of asking myself questions like what would it take for me to become the man I want to become? What would it take for me to be the husband that I want to be? What would it take for me to be the father I want to be, the entrepreneur? And then God will give you give me the answers of what I got to do each day to show up and be that guy. Because you can't just, again, going back to the, the old way of doing things was, hey God, give me the manna, just show up and do this. And God for me has not worked that way. God for me is is I ask the questions, he gives me the answers, and then I have to do something. It requires me to act. And so every day as I get up every morning and do things, discipline things to discipline myself, discipline my thought life, 
discipline what I do, um, you know, before, um, which I'm getting a little bit off on this here, but even physically, is I was so tired and stressed out that I could not be anyone to any to anything. I couldn't be a good husband, father, entrepreneur because I just dealing with stress and I had no way outlets to this here, and it, it was taking a toll on my life. And yeah. so now I discipline myself to get myself in power each day, the power that God gives, yeah. so I can show up and to people, that I can show up in my life, I can show up for my family and not be exhausted, tired, and not have anything to give to anybody. Yeah, it, to me the phrase is, faith is a push-up. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like, um, yeah, you might that push-up might suck, but after a while you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. No. Uh, but it it was the, it's the exercise of the effort that I think that's what's so funny about spiritual and physical and and about life. It's like we create this. I don't say I, I love being mystical, but like this mystical world and the spiritual world, we're following Jesus and all, and it's all just like kind of out there and in the ether, right? Whereas whereas faith is a far more tangible and and. Uh, visceral and experiential um, decisions you make, the hard choices you do, the push-up you do. Yes. You know, that's what faith looks a lot more like. At least that's what James said. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes I was confused with love. Like, what does love look like? Because love can be actually yeah. sharing and loving someone, but love could also be is actually telling somebody the truth. Uh, and the truth sometimes is uh, in love uh, is not what someone wants to hear, but yet it's something that needs to be done. And that's what happened to me is I got truth dropped on me is that, you know, that wake up warrior experience, truth got dropped in my life is I was living a life of lies um, those lies were not intentional lies, but they were lies that I was living. It was just things that I did every single day, a pattern. And when, like, give me an example. Um, lies like everything's going to be okay. Like, hey, I got this all figured out. Um, oh, my marriage is just fine when I meet with people. All those simple things that internally I knew that there were some issues. There were red flags um, in there, but I would... All I would do is justify, and and in some cases, actually a lot of cases, be the victim, the victim mentality. Like it's not me, it's the other person. I got my stuff together. And I want to be uh, ask you an honest question. Did you ever think about divorce? You said that your wife. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. Why? I um I I really literally is like hey you know what is. Uh, if she wants to go do this on her own, heck, I make money. I'll do. I'll go find someone else. I can. The grass is greener on the other side. I, I'm a great husband. All that. Just all these things inside so my I brain. So I want to. I want to um, expose the cowardness mm -hmm. of that thinking. Yes. Um, though it sounds very uh, like you, you got big kahunas, but it's actually cowardice. It was because that. Is how a lot of men think, and right. they don't think it's cowardice, and they don't even recognize it. Right. Well, help help them. So, Troy, why is that cowardice? One thing that happened, uh, another experience that happened to me, a wake up warrior, was this experience where I had to army crawl for a mile on my hands and knees um, across a 
a dirt path with rocks uh, and all that, and it was in a hot time, and I was actually in somewhat of an army-type gear, so very hot, all that, and I was crawling across the ground, um, and I had a guy in front of me that had a picture of my wife and daughter in front of me, and then all that person kept saying, this is your why, why would you give up on this person? You give up on life, you give up on your career, you give up on everything, and this went on for almost a mile of this person screaming in my ear from that, and it, and it showed me that is that giving up was always an option. There was always an option on the table that like I could, I could always have an out. There was always an out. And in commitment and marriage, is that's not the way you build a strong marriage. You build a strong marriage by actually being committed and being all in. And so I always had that option in the back of my mind. And my wife didn't know that, but she felt it. She knew that there was always, there was a guy that was half in, half out, half in, half out. When things were going good, I was all in. When things weren't going good, maybe I'm out uh, and I'm checked out of the scenario. And so what that taught me was, is in my marriage and in life, is when you're committed to something, you're all in. You do not give up. You do not quit. And so I, that day on that mountain in California, I took quitting off the table for my marriage. And I never came back with my wife and told her that, but she knew. She knew when she saw me when I came back that that was gone. Women are smart, very smart. They know you don't have to say anything. It's the, it's the body language and everything else. It's the inside. They know what's going on. Just like God in heaven knows you can't, you can't fool him. He knows what's going on. So that's, that's where I was with that. I, quitting is no longer an option. Hmm. That's a very Christian trait. Yes. Yeah, quit. It's hard. Quit. You can start over again. Quit on anything. You know, Jesus, all of Jesus' disciples were murdered except for one, and they didn't quit. That's right. And to me, I admire them. I think they have big kahunas. I think I want to be like them. Yes. I don't want to be afraid of death. Yes. Or commitment or anything else that life has to offer. And the only way for me now is, is we talked about this earlier, is, uh, you know, I, I always thought about this God, just this guy up in heaven, just kind of like maybe drops in every once in a while when God is omnipresent, he's here all the time. But how do, you, how do you actually tap into that? What is What do you do to tap into that? And so I have disciplines every day. I get up in the morning and discipline myself in four domains, and I learned this through Wake Up Warrior, body, being, balance, which is your relationships, and business. And so every morning I discipline myself to set myself up to be in power. And in that, in that uh, being part, the spiritual part, is actually hearing God's voice. I never knew how to do that. I never understood it. And now I'm not saying I have it figured out because I don't, but I have a better understanding of it and better understanding when God says do that I do. Um, and even it's never easy. It's never when God tells me to do something and get up and do an action. It's never easy. And that's how I know it's God. All right. Take, give me an example of that. Um, my wife uh, and I, I'll throw you an example there, is uh, there are certain things that we have swept under the carpet for years. And so there is a scenario where we would need to collide on my daughter, on how to right. parent my daughter. And so it's something that is, for better, I was like, eh, I don't want to collide with her because if I collide with her, it's going to cause a fight. And when that causes the fight, then we never get anything accomplished. But when I actually have that collision with her and we are passionate and we talk about what's important and I feel like we've had each other, we talked about it, it can change everything. And so 
it, the old me would be like, nope, I don't want to do that. I just want to sweep it on the carpet. I don't want to cause a fight. But it's not, that's a wrong mentality because getting a collision gets me to a next level uh, in our relationship. So here's something that I uh, have dealt with and, and I think that I am not the only man out there and it's a fear of my wife. Mm-hmm. The fear of um, being honest and not knowing what's going to happen, but being afraid of what would happen. Right. And so then I just don't, just don't go there. Yes. And and that doesn't lead to a stronger relationship. That doesn't. That's not speaking truth in love. That's not walking with God in faith. Right. That's avoiding, hiding, being scared, not making progress. Yes. And there are so many men that do this. Yes. And it's related to control, I think, because you really, I mean, if anybody's married, they know that, hey, you don't know. You don't know. Right. You think you know, and then you do it, and then it's totally opposite of what you thought, and you're like, she's always a mystery. And that's how God made women, a mystery. (laughs) Amen to that. For all those women that are out there, there is a mysterious aspect. It's not formulaic. It's not mathematic. They do not always respond like you think. Right. And, and, and that's that element of faith of just walking in, like walking with God will put you in places that you really do not know how this is going to go. Correct. And that's exactly where God wants us to be. Yeah. And it takes courage and bravery to live in those spaces. Right. I don't even know how to ask this. Was it not, did you not find it in the Christian world? (laughs) I, I, I'm sorry, I'm I left. I'm sorry, up. I left that. I'm setting you up. Uh, yes and no. Um, and when I when I say that, uh, I know that's a political answer. Yes and no. Uh, in in the the Christian world, when I got saved, I didn't get. For me, the Bible was there, but I didn't see it as a daily manual for me. I I, I just couldn't pick up the Bible and read it every single day and get make sense to me. It wasn't like that when I first got started into into Christianity. So it was it just didn't click with me at first. Um, but so I needed. I was searching. I was a man who is was in search. Was I knew I was here for so many more things than what I was doing. Uh, and I became again a victim of my reality, a victim of my life. And so, in that search, I believe God puts people in your place, in, in, in place there to in your life. And that could be a Christian person, it could be a secular person, it could be anything. And for me, it was when I went outside of the four walls of Christianity where I saw things happening. Uh, and it was amazing for me. I got to see things outside my life and principles that were biblical principles. I just saw them in action when I didn't, I just couldn't find it in the church. And that's not saying it wasn't there. I just didn't see it at that yeah, time. I, so I just want to kind of, I mean, there's so much going on in my head right now. So um, uh, walking on coals, mm-hmm. uh, being blindfolded in the Pacific Ocean, uh, going to West Virginia and handling snakes by mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. in church. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a visceral, I don't know if the word's kinetic, but experiential th- um, thing that men need to experience truth. But sitting, passively receiving intellectual information, 
about spiritual things that you were supposed to figure out, forgive the language, how the hell to do it, um, doesn't work. Right. It is. It, it promotes even further intellectualism and passivity, and 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 there is just like there is a huge gap right now in helping men experience spiritual truths in reality, which is effectively what you did. Right. Walking on coals is walking by faith. You know, um, uh, the scripture that says, um, you know, I, I, you can do all things to Christ who gives you strength. Now let's push you out of the boat and blindfold you in the Pacific Ocean. Right. That now is a real thing. Well, that's, that goes back to the can that was the burning question would i mean it didn't have it doesn't you can in anything in life it doesn't have to be thrown in the pacific ocean can when life comes will you show up will you show up and will you be ready when it comes because life comes every single day and i could i could spend a life of going through life and actually doing doing the life like i, I did before and drinking, doing other things to actually suppress feelings, or I can be a man of action and be able to show up. And these principles have happily merged back into the Christian world of the principles of life to show up every day and be a man of action, to actually look at things that trigger me every day and to write my own scripture. And I'm not saying that I'm a God or anything like that, but write my own scripture and take action on that. I'm, I'm writing these things daily in a journal that actually help me with life and help me look at why the things happen in my life, what are they there for, and what do I need to learn from them? Not like, why is this happening to me? Why is this whole same thing over again? And that has changed me in the last two years. The last two years, my life has changed radically because I'm a man that now takes a look at everything that goes on in his life, and he looks at me on the inside, not for how it looks, not for how it is, but the truth yeah. of who I am. Uh, and why these happen. So I become a better man each day. And it's not about hitting home runs. It's not being this perfect person, all this. It's just about being a guy that grows every single day. And I learned that. I learned that in several different aspects of my life. And I still make mistakes. And that's cool. It's okay. So the scripture that, uh, for me, that comes to mind is, my God shall supply our needs according to Christ Jesus. I think it's in Philippians. You know what? Until I quit my security of my job, Followed God into the mission field, led my family there, not knowing what will happen, how it will happen, will we lose everything? Uh, I certainly, absolutely could have. Yeah. So you know that feeling. I know that feeling, and I know the feeling that my God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory. I own that. It's beautiful. I own it through experience. Yeah. When you keep doing that, when you keep, when you stretch your faith. And God shows up. Uh, and God doesn't always show up right when you think he's going to, but God shows up. It continues to allow you to step outside of where you are so you can be a man in the present, not be a man that's living in his past, but be a man just sitting here today, being in the present, knowing that God is in control. And this is hard for me to say this because I, I spent years and years being a guy that was in control to now a guy trying to give up control um, so I can see greater things and greater things that happen in my life, in my marriage, other things that are going on right now. So, Bruce, I'm glad you're my friend. 
I'm glad I'm here too. <laughs> You've been a good friend to me for You've many, been awesome. many years. You inspire me, and listen, those kingdom, the, the time we spend together has stretched me and grown me, and men need men around them. Men need men to be vulnerable and have issues. We all are walking through things in our life where we have issues and problems, and nobody's sharing, and nobody, we're all, and men are the worst. We isolate, yeah. isolate, isolate, and I love the fact that I could sit with you and Scott, and we could share what was going on in our life without that. I would. That, that's another piece of this puzzle that gets yeah. put together. That is actually is growing me every day. So I th- I'm thankful for you and thankful for what you do. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, brother. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want more information on the Kindling Fire, go to our website, thekindlingfire.com. There you can learn how you can join the Firestarters. That is a community that I'm sending free e-courses, Bible devotionals. We're doing special challenges to really help you guys move towards the dreams that God has placed in you. I'm also on Instagram at The Kindling Fire. And as always, be awesome.